Hello and welcome to How Do You Drew? This is a Drew Barrymore podcast brought to you by thedrewcm.com. And sponsored by our friends at Positive Medium. I'm Anne. And I'm Ashley. <laughs> that really sounded like I read it this time. <laughs> the Drew Barrymore podcast by thedrewzium.com. <laughs> Who are we again? <laughs> I don't remember. Well, you know what? It's it's good to be a little awkward because that goes with the theme of today's episode. <laughs> yes, it does, which we're hopping right in. This is our new trend for our big episodes is to have nothing at the top and hop right in. So are you ready? I'm ready. So we're going to talk about never been kissed. Obviously, this is a big one, a big one in Drew's career, Um, a fan favorite, I think. I would say Uh, so. Well, maybe it's like amongst our group, it feels formative. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, because it was very much in the in our era. But now, uh, is it a fan favorite? I mean, I actually don't think that did anyone list it as a favorite performance in that poll. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, I don't know if people did, but it is, it has a special place in my heart, even though it doesn't land in the top five performances. It's a great performance. That's for it sure. It is. And this reminded me of that. So it yep. was really fun to rewatch it. Um, I will say this is like a problematic fave, <laughs> as <laughs> yes. most things from the 90s are. There's a lot in this that you go yep. about now. Um yep. We're going to talk about those things, <laughs> but uh, we're also going to, you know, look at the positive aspects of this movie. <laughs> Absolutely. And that it's, it's basically about like accepting people as who, as who they are, which is really yes. kind of a fun story. Perfectly said. Do we want to hop in with the IMDB summary? <laughs> yeah. These are so funny. I love to just put them in here. I yep. mean, this, this is accurate but it's also kind of not very not the full picture yeah (laughs) imdb says this movie is a newspaper reporter enrolls in high school as part of a research forest story that's Mm. it (laughs) weren't they a copy editor first you know let's just not get into that don't even worry about the fact i didn't think about that part (laughs) but it's really funny how it's like has so many things like Okay, but is the newspaper reporter older than they, you know, it's like, (laughs) yeah, anyway. Um, So I think it barely gets it. (laughs) Yeah, close enough. All right, so let's get into kind of the production of Never Been Kissed. Let's do it. Okay, so Nancy Javonen, Drew's longtime production partner, said about the early stages. She said, I pitched the story to Drew one night when all the wedding singer guys were over at my house. I was too excited to wait. The next day, Drew came into the office and said, I love it. I read it. Let's do it. Yeah. So Drew thought it would be fun to do a movie about the awkward moments in life that we don't like to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and she really like wanted to embrace the moments when she wasn't cool and made a fool of herself. And she appreciated that this was going to be a film about vulnerability. So yes. as you're saying at the top, those are the important aspects of this Yes. Movie. And this is like pre, what was that show that I spelled penis, but it was like. <laughs> Pen 15. <laughs> Pen 15. Yes. This is like, I'd never watched that, but like pre that, like kind of cringiness being out there and part of a popular show. <laughs> good, good way to put it. Drew said about the movie, um, the movie is a lot about how we run on this hamster wheel in high school and we're so convinced that the outside world does not exist. And there is no formula because it's so random, but we're all so desperate to be popular and to fit in, to feel good about ourselves and to wear the right clothes and look the right way, which is so true. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, she just knew that these were universal themes. Yep. Apparently Fox 2000 
plan to cast like a flat chested book tooth glasses wearing gangly brunette, mm-hmm. you know, the typical, yep. but Drew was like, nope. She said, it's not really about that, you yep. know, appearances. It's something else. And she kept talking about how it's a story of a caterpillar who turns into a butterfly, which she connected with. Of course, Drew and her mm-hmm. butterflies. <laughs> Drew said she really related to Josie and like she felt awkward and she said like a dog in school. She had braces and was heavy. And this was like when I think of what Drew is talking about relating to, it's like that like age like 12 to 14. Yeah. That like in I forget which special it is. I always forget, but where they use the like boom, boom. <laughs> it's biorhythm. Yeah. <laughs> the heavy music, as we yes. call it. Yes. Um, so Drew really did. I mean, she's not kidding. Obviously, she went through it in a different way than Josie did, but she understood what it like to be teased and all that. And I swear she still understands what it's like to be awkward or you know, she's yeah. brought it up so many times and so, all through the years. It's not something that she like went through and was over. No, like, she still feels like Josie Grossi. Yep. <laughs> Which is so funny. I know. Come on, Drew. <laughs> um, so, okay. Filming happened. It started in LA and they finished in Chicago mm-hmm. and filming occurred from July through September, 1998. And we've actually visited some of the LA filming locations. Yes. Which I only remembered for some reason, the school. Okay. And I totally blanked on the other ones. So we did visit the high school, which was like, it's so recognizable. There's so many like very clear shots in the film of it. Yeah. When we visited the school, we were able to actually go inside. I don't remember what was going, I think it was probably a weekend. And for whatever reason, it was like open and there were people around and it was totally fine for us to walk in. But I actually do remember it maybe being a school day because my recollection is we like walked in and then somebody was like, can I help you like in the hallway? Does this sound familiar at all? Yes right inside the door at a table or something and then I yeah or something and I feel like they were like okay well we might have to like give you a pass if you want to walk around more and they were like can we just look around a little bit and for some reason I kind of remember a class getting out but maybe I'm like making up that memory but either way we did get to walk into the like hallways of the school and we took a couple of pictures Yes. And those are on our website. Um, we'll make sure we include a link on the episode page and, uh, you guys can check out the photos that we took. Yeah. So we took some like really cool trying to match like angles of the steps from the movie. Um, we really clearly photographed the window where the popular kids are hanging out with oh, yeah, her car, right. the inside of the front doors. We got a pretty good picture where, where Josie falls over pretty neat. I mean, like we got, we got some stuff. We did get, um, one door that like she and Rob are standing in front of. Yes. There's some great spots. Okay. So then, uh, we checked out Rob and Josie's childhood home where they also like host the party. And that's also where Josie is when she's outside and gets egged. Um, and I think we just drove by that one quickly. Yep. I'm looking now and I've I only like vaguely remember it. It's so funny. And then we also visited the exterior of the building that was used for what they were walking into for prom. Um, although we did find out, uh, as we'll talk about later, that the whole interior was a set, which is not a huge surprise. So I think it was a combination of on location and set. That would be my guess. And then we also visited, so it's two different locations. The exterior is where they arrive in the limo and they all get Mm -hmm. out and see each other's costumes. That was one building that we went and checked out. And then 
maybe part of the interior, but definitely the courtyard um, where Sam and Josie talk um, mm-hmm. was a whole different location. And I believe that one was not open to the public. So we just kind of peeked over the walls, but we have photos yep. of those as well. And I totally didn't remember, <laughs> but <laughs> it was a long time ago. Yeah, of course. And now let's get into the cast, which is full of a lot of like really, <laughs> really yeah. great people. Some people who ended up being like big deals later, some people that are just fun. And the casting was done by Drew's um, good old trusty <laughs> casting friends, Justine <laughs> Badley and Jim, and Ki- Jim Davis, not Jim Davis. <laughs> Garfield. Garfield. <laughs> Kim Davis. <laughs> yes. And they went on to do pretty much almost all of the flower films movies, I believe. Yes. And um, Justine is a very long time friend of Drew's, one of her oldest friends. Yes, absolutely. And she commented on one of our photos today. Just, just a little sidebar. NBD. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, early on. So premiere magazine had been visiting flower films offices early on in the process of casting. Yeah. And they had these um, headshots of the like kind of 10 most wanted people. And uh, some of the people on there, and these are my guesses for the roles. So okay. Eric Bogosian, and if you look at him, like he must've been Gus. Uh, Chloe yep. Sevigny, and I read somewhere that it was for Aldis. I was going to say it, that it couldn't be anyone else. I feel right. Like, <laughs> if, if they were going with that look. Yeah. Um, and then Brad Renfro, I'm guessing for Guy, or maybe one of Guy's guys. <laughs> or um, Billy. Billy almost has like a oh, Brad Renfro yeah. look True. too. Yep. But if they wanted to give him a bigger role, rest right. in peace, Brad Renfro. I know. And then Molly Shannon was on that list. And she's the cool. only one that ended up obviously being cast. Yeah. Some of them she had met with. Some of them had auditioned. Some of them. That's right. They hadn't. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, and speaking of Molly Shannon, um, Drew and Molly Shannon became great friends on the film. Molly Shannon said she loved watching Drew be a producer and that Drew was an incredible role model as a savvy businesswoman, an incredibly hard worker. Again, like people saying almost the same thing every time about Drew. It's so great. Always, right? Yep. Yeah, and I remember in one of the TV specials that Drew said that when she had to do her little dance scene, she was really trying to like channel Molly. Like she thought about her and her like comedy skills. Yeah. And they like the interviewer then tells Molly, and Molly goes, That's so nice. (laughs) Cute. (laughs) Like stuck in my head forever. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we have David Arquette as Josie's brother, Rob, and they knew each other as kids, like they knew each other for a super long time. So that's fun. And of course, they did scream together, but they weren't in any scenes together. Yeah. Um, and Drew said about him at the time, he's gorgeous and effervescent and giving of himself and fun. And he <laughs> is very fun in this movie. Yes, he is. Um, and then Michael Vartan, who plays a teacher, um, he credits Drew for getting him the part that she fought to have him since to the studio he was basically a nobody um he also said that he had a big crush on drew when they were filming and (laughs) and he talks about that drew gave him a plant as a wrap gift that he named after her and then it ended up growing up to a tree that he still has today which i love that so much so cool Yeah, yeah he shared a photo of it in 2021 on 
the show. We'll get into that later. Okay, cool. <laughs> Um, and then we have Lily Sobieski as Aldis, who is like the first person to befriends Josie at school. Yep. Drew said about her that she just jumps out at you because she's so charismatic and unique. And she and Drew called each other schmoozy cats, which is really cute. Schmoozy cats just rolls off the tongue. Schmoozy yeah. cats. I'm going to let you take this next one because okay. I feel like this is kind of your... The thing I knew, yeah. Yeah. So um, back in the day, I was really into days of our lives mm-hmm. still like it shout out um but there jensen ackles was on that show way before he was on supernatural and i had a big crush on him so i like followed stuff about him and he, they really wanted him for the role of guy but uh he couldn't get out of his days of our lives filming schedule that's what i recall i don't have this to like verify but i remember learning this way back in the day i love it yeah, so the role went to Jeremy Jordan, who I feel like is kind of an interesting choice for this part. Like, I feel like you could really go just your normal, like, kind of handsome jock. Yeah. But he's very different from that. He's almost more, like, got rock star energy. I was going to say he almost has, like, Jordan Catalano, but not as handsome as Jordan Catalano vibes. Like, he's, like, sort of, like, bad guy, but popular, but kind of, like, has a feminineness to yeah. him. Yeah. I just get musician. Maybe yeah. it's him strumming that guitar. No. <laughs> <laughs> that scene is so bad. I know. <laughs> um, the film also has some early credits for the amazing Octavia Spencer, James Franco, and Jessica Alba. So it's really neat to see these people who went on to do like much bigger roles later. Pop yeah, up they here. were all basically unknown at the time, which yep. props to Justine and Kim. Good yeah, casting. totally. <laughs> um, we have to mention that, of course, this is the first of five movies that Drew does with Andrew Wilson. Mm-hmm. He plays the security guard at the school. Very small little part. Yep. <laughs> Later on, he does roles in Charlie's Angels, Charlie's Angels Full Throttle, Fever Pitch, and of course, Whippet is his biggest one as the coach. But yep. he's uh, been known to be Flower Films' lucky charm. Drew has called him that Yes, before. and I'm sorry to like force you to keep repeating some of this stuff, but I'm like, <laughs> remind me what the other films were. That's okay. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Yes. That's what this encyclopedic knowledge <laughs> has to serve some purpose. Yes, I have like other random crap. You have like the lists of things just (laughs) in your brain. They're just written in there. It's so useful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then Marissa Jarrett Winokur is also cast as Josie's friend in high school, but she plays her friend later in Fever Pitch. It's kind of fun to see her pop back up as a friend. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah. Um, We also have Sean Whalen. He plays Merkin, Josie's crappy assistant. Um, And if you guys recall, he also is in the beginning of Charlie's Angels. He's the like guy with the bomb strapped to his chest that they take off the plane. Yep. And we've got a great story from his TikTok. We could link to the full thing, but do you want to summarize that? Yeah. So I watched it like somewhat recently. So what's really neat is on his TikTok, he was doing like X number of favorite celebrities I've ever worked with or like nicest celebrities. And Drew was number one on this list. Shocker. He goes on for like five minutes. Yeah, like five or more (laughs) minutes talking about how he had like met Drew maybe in some casting office and then he'd like tried to work with her for a bit. And then when he finally did on this film, they I don't even know how he got the role. I think it was kind of like given to him like here, this is a role for you. And then what's really neat is when he talks about that, he had all these like ideas for the role, like how he wanted to play it. And in the film, in the very beginning when you see him, it was written as him 
handing his, like Drew's messages over to her and there was like a booger on there. And when they were about to film it, Drew literally said like, Sean, is this how you envision this character? Like you've been working on this a lot. Like, I don't even want to put this on camera if you don't feel like it's right <laughs> for your character. And then he said he didn't want it to. And Drew insisted enough that they didn't even film that, but she just let him go off. And then a bunch of his improvisation is actually in the film. So she kind of like changed his career at that point because really cool. she believed in like what he was doing. So it's, so it's pretty neat. And it goes on and on, but it's the whole time he's just like raving about how wonderful Drew is and how wonderful Nancy is too. He says that she's really Oh, that's great. right. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't it's really know if sweet. you realize this. Did you know he's also in Doppelganger? No. <laughs> yeah. Like some, I don't remember accurately enough what his part is, something real small, but it's kind of funny that he doesn't even seem to remember that when he tells his story in TikTok. Or maybe it's like, let's not talk about them, maybe. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, we also get a tiny cameo from Alan Covert. Yep. He's, is he Roger in op-ed? You know what? I don't know because I don't think they ever like speak, but there's just that scene of them across the table. Yeah. And Molly he, of Shannon course, is a uh, you know, big part in The Wedding Singer. So it's fun that Drew put him in there. Yes. I and love it's, that, that scene is really funny how she's like making obscene gestures to him across the table. <laughs> yes, it's He's perfect for that. Like it yeah. worked out really well. Totally. So something fun is that we actually know a few people who were in this film, but in very, very small in the background <laughs> roles. Our friend Jason Weisbrod, which is a, our friend Jolena's partner. Hi, Jolena. Hi, Jason. Hi. We'll talk to him a little bit later, but he came in as a big bad wolf at the prom. So you might spot him if you watch the movie. Our friend Rachel, who we've known for a long time as Raina from the grapevine is in a flashback cafeteria scene, but we're not exactly sure which one. And then Tony Crago, who we spoke with on episode 13 and was Drew's assistant much later, is in the fair scene. But what's pretty neat is that we're hoping to pop in and chat with Jason and Rachel for this episode. So stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. And if, if you want to hear about Tony's appearance and experience, you can go listen to episode 13, which is a great one. Anyway, you should all listen to that. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so let's talk about the crew real quick. Um, the film was directed by Roger Gosnell. And I just like this quote he said about Drew. He said, Drew lights up the screen with her smile and her personality. Oh, yes, yeah. she does. <laughs> um, the film was written by Abby Cohn and Mark Silverstein, who also wrote He's Just Not That Into You. And then, of course, Drew and Nancy were producers. This was the first official Flower Films production. So they had done a lot of work on Scream, The Wedding Singer Ever After. But this is the first one where they got producing credits, which is just pretty cool. Really big deal. Yeah, yeah, that's part of why Never Been Kissed is such a big deal in Drew's career. Yes, absolutely. And then the makeup and hair were done by Kim Green and Barbara Vera. If you want to hear our conversation with Kim Green, which was also a lot of fun, um, check out episode 20. Yeah, she really talks a lot about Josie's look. Why don't I just take us back to episode 20 right now? Here we go. So another iconic look. The next one we want to talk about is Never Been Kissed. Mm. So how how fun was it to grossy Drew up for Never Been Kissed? <laughs> um, I love Josie Grossy so much and Never Been Kissed. It's such a good film. Um, so let me, I'm going to back up for a second and, yeah, and talk sure. about the character arc of Josie uh, in the film, we all remember Josie Grossi because uh, it's such a you know specific look the the costume Mona May and the hair Barbara Vera in and the makeup me. But 
uh, the braces, which was Gary Archer uh, made those braces. Um, I love Gary. And we all think about that, but really those were just flashbacks and not that many of them. Right. Short little segments, really. Right. So Josie, her character starts out as a child as Josie Grossi and this kind of nerdy, unpopular girl. And she grows up to be kind of a nerdy, unpopular woman. <laughs> and she is a reporter, right? I mean, she's a reporter writer and she's very mousy. And she had brown mousy hair and kind of mousy makeup, very bland. And then she goes to high school. And so all of these designs, this whole arc had to be created before we started shooting. So we read the scripts, Mona May, the costume designer, Barbara Vera hair department head and myself sat down and we talked about this arc of Drew's character, Josie, that was gonna happen in the show. And first of all, it's not just her, it's everybody else and all the other characters. So we're doing a comparison the whole way around of Drew's character compared to the other characters. And I was department head, so I was designing the whole thing. I had other people obviously working on it. Okay, I'll do the whole thing myself. <laughs> but the, jo the job of the department head is to design, create the design. So we had to find out, first of all, talk about reference what was going on in what was in 1996, I want to say 97, um, what was trending at that moment? <laughs> and we had to really look at that, what was trending, and then a little heightened version of what was trending mm -hmm. and make Josie the opposite of that. So the other three girls, the popular girls, they were what was trending. And then we had um, Josie, but it was really interesting when she starts out as the ugly duckling, and when she goes to the high school, the first time we see her in that white number with the white feathers, you know, <laughs> feathers yeah. and that was her interpretation, Josie's interpretation of what was going on, what was trending, but she was totally wrong <laughs> because she couldn't see style. Like she wasn't, she didn't have the taste to know what they were really doing. So we had to come up with, what are we going to do for that? So we did some tests. We did a few things. And Barbara ended up just doing too much curl, too poofy, <laughs> too, too much curl in the hair. And I tried a few things. There was one thing I tried that we did not end up doing was there was, I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was a time before there was inclusive makeup colors where everything was pink. Yeah. <laughs> There were like seven colors and they were all pink and they were horrible. And a lot of girls in the early nineties would wear, or the you know late eighties that I remembered would wear this sort of pink mask on their face and they wouldn't do their necks. Uh -huh. yes, so it was totally. like, and it was super <laughs> thick because nobody showed their freckles back then. No, 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 you didn't have freckles. They didn't exist. So you would wear this thick, thick makeup. And then a lot of the girls didn't put it onto their necks. So I thought that was really funny. And I said, Drew, I want to do it. I want to do it so bad. It's really funny. And she was like, I don't think people are going to get it. And oh, really? Like, All right. <laughs> so we didn't end up doing that. But what I did was I did make her makeup a little pinker than it should have been. And I didn't do a lot of eye makeup, as I recall, but we did this like, pale pink lip was in, yeah. 
but instead of making like a good pale, I did sort of this pink that kind of was, I don't know, opalescent or something. It was just very frosted, right? Like the, I meant, frosted. This is the immediate, <laughs> I think of the lips. They're like almost like a skin color. <laughs> They're like skin color, frosty, ugly, terrible. And um, because she had no idea. She thought it was cool. Josie thought it was cool, but it wasn't cool. So she was like a style disaster. <laughs> and then as she gets into the community, she becomes sort of friends with the popular girls. She starts to learn how to do her hair and makeup and how to dress. And so I did too much makeup and wrong. And then I kind of <laughs> did a palette cleanser where she wore nothing, like almost no makeup at all. And then from that palette cleanser, then I started adding, um, and I think Barbara just did kind of straight hair, if I remember right. Yeah. And then we started to add cool, you know, like what was modern? What was at that moment? Remember, it's very different now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because in Jessica Alba, I was doing, you know, these crystals and all these designs on her, you know, because that was cool and hip and East Indian. <laughs> it really was. was. Yeah. So I did bindies on her and I got to really play with Jessica Alba's character. That was really fun, but it had to be cool and hip, which is now back again. You know, all these crystals and all this. <laughs> I know, it's so amazing. It went away and now it's back. <laughs> but I did that on her and by contrast. So again, they all were what was happening at the moment and trending and Drew is the opposite. But by the end of it, end of the movie, She's wearing spice lip liner, which was really big at the time, as you recall from Mac. And she was wearing, you know, beautiful, soft makeup. And her hair was really pretty with just a soft wave. And her costumes, I believe Mona May had that dress, that pink dress at the ballpark made for her specifically custom made for her. So, and then she was the beautiful Josie, you know. And we're back. Mona May did the costumes. She also did Wedding Singer and Santa Clarita Diet, which is so cool. I love that they kind of came back together that long later. Yeah. And she said that Drew is the most friendly, open, and kind person she'd ever worked with. And she treated Mona like she was her big sister, which is so cute. (laughs) That's really sweet. This is a really fun tidbit. I like that you pulled this out. I just found this out. (laughs) It's so cool. So the choreography was done by Marguerite Derrick, um, who also did... Charlie's Angels, Charlie's Angels Full of Throttle, and the Donnie Darko Sparkle Motion sequence, which I is mean, so cool. That alone is like legendary. <laughs> so, do we think she did like the choreography for Drew's dance? It must be. That's or so funny. And also, probably the um, the popular girls, I guess they have their little, little dance, like too. shimmies. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um, and then just a little tidbit Gwen Stroman, who you guys have heard us talk about quite a bit. She worked at Flower Films long ago. Uh, she was the assistant to both Drew and Nancy for this film. Cool. This next thing is kind of funny to me, but I wonder how much they changed it after this note. So 20th Century Fox saw screen tests and were scared about how unattractive Josie was. I'm just like so curious if that meant they were like, hold on, push the brakes, (laughs) you know? Yeah, uh, I think so. But I think Drew like pushed for it. She said that her and Kim had so much fun with all the, you know, quote unquote, ugly details. So like Drew said, the pools of grease in her nose and unruly eyebrows, zits, unbleached mustache. (laughs) Um, The braces were done by Gary Archer. And the cool thing is, is that he also did them the first time they had Josie come on the 
Drew Barrymore show, yep. he recreated her braces, which is so cool. So fun. I think it's so funny that like, oh yeah, so they might have like left unruly eyebrows and bleached mustache. She still looked so cute in every scene, including the ones she's I supposed know. to look ugly. Yeah, she does still look cute. I, I sort of thought the same thing when I was rewatching. I'm like, she's not, but that's sort of what she said, right? It's not just about that. Yes. It's like yes. really more how awkward Josie yes, is. Exactly. That puts people off. Yes. Um, and Drew was quoted as saying, producing is so much fun, but it's really hard because you want to make everything right. I was involved in every aspect of making the film, casting, production design, costumes. My brain felt like a speeding train. <laughs> <laughs> she took it really seriously. She also said that she wore a watch for the first two weeks and she like was never a watch person because she was so obsessed with finishing on time. Like she took it really seriously, the studio and the investment and all that. Yeah. Hopefully the movie did end up on time and under budget. <laughs> There's a really fun feature that was released in May of 1999 by Teen People where they were on set for some of it. Some of the magazine shoot is just like a regular photo shoot, I believe. But then there yeah. are all these really cool behind the scenes shots in there. Some of the tidbits you pulled. They have pictures of these old ladyish slippers that Drew wore on set, which I could totally see that. It's like that and like a puffy jacket or something. Yeah, you know? always a puffy jacket, right? Yep. Um, and then some of the things that we find out in this article is that Drew was dead set against being thought of as a boss. She wanted to be part of a team. And funnily enough, we just mentioned that in a recent episode. She yep. said the exact same thing like in the last month. <laughs> yep. yep. So she hasn't changed. Yep. And this is very similar. This next point, she liked to create an atmosphere atmosphere that was equal on all levels where all cast and crew ate together with mutual respect so once again like totally follows she's the same yeah I love it um and there was always like cheering after takes of course <laughs> and uh the last thing that I think is really fun is that they were doing this competition of this handheld electric Yahtzee game <laughs> everyone was playing and they they had like a monitor that kept track of everyone's best scores that's so fun. so fun I know I love that I really love it <laughs> We want to tell you about our sponsor, Positive Medium. We've actually been clients of theirs for at least 10 years, and they take care of all of our website needs for thedrewzam.com. They offer custom web design and professional coding, search engine optimization, marketing, and hosting. So we've been hosted by them, but we've also been able to take advantage of a lot of their expertise in these other areas as well. Absolutely. So customer service is the biggest draw for us with this company. They have saved our site literally from obliteration <laughs> quite a yep. few times, but then they also help us with minor issues in just like literally a matter of minutes. So if we have like a coding question or just like something on the back end we can't figure out, we reach out to them and we get an answer back and the issue is solved within moments. We're so excited that Positive Medium is allowing us to offer our listeners 25% off managed WordPress hosting plans using our promo code DREW, D-R-E-W, of course. Um, and if you want to take advantage of this, visit positivemedium.com. We really, really vouch for these people. They've been so great to us and will continue to be great to us, I, I can only imagine. <laughs> I mean, they're great by offering this to our listeners. So take advantage. Again, it's promo code DREW, of course. <laughs> Thank you. 
Okay, so now let's get into the film. Um, we're not going to run through every single point in the film, but all the ones that we thought were fun to mention or just to kind of, you know, point out. So here we go, diving in, never been kissed. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so the film just kind of starts. They show um, Drew, like, walking to work, I think, and she works for the Chicago Sun-Times, and there's this really, like, cute voiceover for the first few minutes, which I love. I know it's kind of funny because that's like not continued. It's like just the beginning of the movie. It's, it's just the beginning. <laughs> and then the end feels voiceover because she's reading the article and it's kind right. of like the same, but it's just beginning and the end. It's, but it's, it is interesting that there's not more voiceover, but I love totally. that it starts that way. Cause I kind of forgot. I thought it would be fun to note. We mentioned earlier that uh, Molly Shannon, I don't know if we mentioned that John C. Riley. Yeah, I didn't have any like factoids about him, so we didn't include that. But yeah, he's great in this. Yes, so we've got Molly Shannon, John C. Riley, and Octavia Spencer within the first five minutes. It's like so great. Like there's just powerhouse. Yeah, so much power (laughs) happening right away. Um, we already talked about Sean Whalen, the the guy who plays Merkin. Um, I noticed that there weren't any index cards, and I can't do my notes without them. Hey, hey, Merkin ain't jerking. He's working. Okay, take that to the bank. It's power. (laughs) So he pops in pretty quick. Um, and then there I don't know like what the setup necessarily is, but I think Drew is talking to John C. Riley's character, right? Yeah, he's telling her that like a reporter can grab the bull's balls. He grabs the bull by the balls. You don't think I can grab a bull's balls? Geller, you don't want a reporter. <laughs> it's a great example of uh, Josie slash Drew's lisp. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, I have another part I'd like you to put in because for some reason this always makes me laugh. <laughs> uh, when she's eating with Anita and Anita says, why don't you go out with Marshall? In editing, maybe we could all go on a double date or something. <laughs> Marshall the Duke. I don't know why that always makes me laugh. I don't get it. Okay, so do you know why I know this? So I have the novelization of this movie and <laughs> the novelization often goes from the script so that has a lot of stuff that gets cut out of the movie which it's a great resource it's almost like having the shooting script and there's a guy marshall and he apparently dresses like john wayne who's nicknamed the duke (laughs) and so i think you can see him in the background of that scene because he like does come in there's like a whole part where he comes in and i think i caught a glimpse of him like using the microwave so even though i never understood it it always still made me laugh and now i understand it (laughs) (laughs) that's even better yeah Basically, right in that same scene as she's sitting at the table with these women, she kind of admits that, like, she's never been kissed. And they're like, what? Are you serious? You've never been kissed? She's like, I've kissed guys. And then she goes off on her little description of the perfect kiss. I've kissed a guy. I've kissed guys. I just haven't felt that thing. That thing? Is that what you kids are calling it these days? That thing, that moment when you kiss someone and everything around you becomes hazy. And the only thing in focus is you and this person. And you realize that that person is the only person that you're supposed to kiss for the rest of your life. And for one moment, you get this amazing gift. And you want to laugh and you want to cry. Because you feel so lucky that you found it and so scared that it'll go away all at the same time. 
you are a writer. Also, do you think that's true? What, that the character had kissed guys? Yeah, I don't really believe it. <laughs> I feel like she's probably like pecked a couple friends or something, but I don't know. Okay. What I, friends? I, no. <laughs> Her turtles. <laughs> yes, the turtles that I forgot she had until they I popped know. up. I was like, yeah, totally. <laughs> Um, but the description of the kiss is just like, you know, they're like, yeah, girl, I guess I haven't been kissed either. Like, some, I forget, like that's Octavia Spencer's like first line is something like that. It's like, damn, girl, you are a writer. <laughs> that's right. Uh, then we get to get a look at where Josie lives. I can't remember if it's an apartment or house, but uh, for some reason, I love photos in movies where it's clear they like did a setup and took the picture specifically specifically for the movie rather than like oh it's a still that's like it's very obvious you know and I love that, the, that she has these like awkward photos of herself in her apartment me too it's really cute and then I always crack up when she goes back to work and she gets the assignment yep. um and her boss asks her what her name is you what's your name so Josie Jose Josie Geller <laughs> I don't know why that cracked. I really like it too. Uh, should we mention that he's played by Gary Marshall, who is Penny Marshall's brother, which is kind of funny. Yes, it's really funny. Um, and after that character gives Drew her assignment, when she's like walking back to her office and like that cream suit that's almost the same color as her skin, <laughs> um, she looks so young. Like, I, I mean, know. I know she looks so she young was. in this. I know, but like she just... She's even younger than the character is, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Right? That's why she got the assignment, because she was the only one that looked young enough. <laughs> yep. All right. So then she has to start getting ready for high school. Okay. So there is a deleted scene here uh, that we haven't seen, but we know we have evidence of. So Josie and Anita, they go shopping at the mall to get some teen clothes. <laughs> and Anita is actually the one that picks out that white marabou jacket. Um, <laughs> not sure why she thought that'd be cool, but she did. <laughs> and there's still a remnant from this. Um, there's a line in the trailer where she says like, so you were a geek in high school, big deal. That's from this part. And there's, we also have a photo of this scene. So we'll share that if you guys want to take a look um because the deleted scenes for this never showed up anywhere there's no special features whatsoever on this dvd unfortunately that's crazy no i feel like every dvd should have i mean i haven't thought about this in a long time but i used to get so mad when i'd buy dvds and they have like no special features oh, nothing i yeah. still get mad when i put them in and i remember I'm like god yeah i know <laughs> It's like, what? And also to think like on streaming, we almost never get any special features. So weird to think about. So then we kind of jump it like right after this, like high school prep is starting to happen. Um, Josie goes to visit her brother, Rob, who is working at a place called the Tiki Post. Um, Do we know where this was filmed, by the way? Because like when they're inside, it looks like it's a real storefront. Yeah, I think Lindsay Blake, I am not a stalker.com. I think she has this location. I'll check it out. Okay. I will check in. If we do have it, I'll make sure to include it on the episode page. Okay, cool. Of course, we love this line. I feel like we always say this one. <laughs> and we love when she tells Rob, he says, oh, Are those shorts or skirts? They're gaucho pants. I got them on sale. <laughs> <laughs> Such a like, random but funny line. It's really funny. <laughs> So basically, she's visiting her brother to tell him about her new assignment. Besides, 
You are looking at the newest undercover reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times. I am Josie Geller, high school student, senior class, 1999. And of course, I happen to love that she's senior class, 1999, because that's what I was. <laughs> and I was 17 when this movie came out. Actually 17, not fake 17 like Josie. <laughs> I'm 17. <laughs> I'm 17. <laughs> She makes like a really cute face at the very end of that line and yeah. does it like a little jig. Can you like picture it? Oh yeah. I want a gif of it. Um, I do have a question for you though. What are we doing with all these gifts? I, I have nowhere know. to put them. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I saw you put a bunch of those. I'm like, where do we share those? <laughs> and then what? <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like I, I mean, you know what? I just want them for my heart, you know? <laughs> okay. Got it. <laughs> I was like, people can't see those on the podcast, man. What? <laughs> I know. There's a really quick scene in the Tiki Hut when she like goes to the bathroom where she's talking to her younger self in the mirror. I think that's so cool. Yeah. Um, it's just a neat little clip. I like that they did that. Yeah, that that is fun. And then uh, I always love those pictures of her with like the different hairstyles, uh, like computer <laughs> generated. I always thought that'd be a fun prop to have. Yes, totally. <laughs> <laughs> now we're gonna jump into Josie's first day at school, right? I mean, are we yeah. okay? So, you know, of course she pulls up in, in her brother's car, starts walking into the school and encounters a security guard. Hold it. Where are you going? To high school, because I'm a high school student. I'm here with my fellow students. Hey guys. Hi. Which is a really funny scene, partly because it's Andrew Wilson and partly because there's a whole thing where they're like going through her bag, like this is a weapon. <laughs> like, I do like how she like plays that scene. Like she's really funny in that, like trying to be natural, but not. <laughs> yeah, it's a really, really cute scene. Um, so now Josie's back in school pretending to be a 17 year old. <laughs> Okay, so the sombrero scene when she's late to class and she's like given the sombrero and the teacher's like, Olay. Yeah. Um, not as sardy as I am. <laughs> that scene, I like I think I used to kind of be like roll my eyes at it a little bit. Just because I was like, oh, that's silly. I don't know. But now I'm like, I really appreciate Drew's face when she has the sombrero <laughs> put on her, like and her eyes cross. I'm like, okay, I need to make a gif of that just for my own, you know, just, just for, for myself. myself. Just yeah. for myself. Um, and I also love that she leaves class and it's like recording herself. Her last thing she says is find and destroy sombrero. <laughs> I know, that's a, that's a good line. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> And then uh, we go to Mr. Coulson's class and we meet Aldis and of course she's sweet to Josie and offers her to share the book. And it's like, oh, wait, maybe this isn't going to just be horrible people here. <laughs> yep. And then in the cafeteria. So this is like super awkward as you know, we all kind of feel that like her walking up to the girl's table. Is this where oh. she spills the chocolate milk on yes. herself? Oh my God. That whole scene. But we can't skip over it because there's the amazing part where she says the guy rhyme. I'm guy. Hi. Yes, you you are a guy. Quite a guy. Oh my. That rhymes. So. Yikes. Bikes. <laughs> But it's just too good and too cringy not so to cringe. mention. Yeah. <laughs> so the great. definition of cringe. Yes, absolutely. 
Yes. Yeah, so I believe if I have the order right. So we have, of course, we know when she walks into the cafeteria and she's got like the chocolate milk on her tray. So there was a flashback scene and it was cut where she's in a cafeteria in high school originally. Mm-hmm. And someone wrote grossy on her back in mustard, which seems kind of hard to do, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> And then Drew in an interview I was reading said that when they were filming this and obviously it was intentional, someone threw like trash wadded up in a milk carton at, mm-hmm. at Josie, but it actually hit Drew in the eye. Aww. And she said that the humiliation was even worse than the pain. So she like really felt what Josie was going through. Oh, that's, that's really sad. Yeah. So we've got this deleted cafeteria scene here. And luckily enough, one of our old grapevine Ruby friends, as we mentioned at the top, her name is Rachel and she was an extra in this scene. Obviously it got cut, so she's never gotten to see it, but she's got some fun stories she's going to share with us. So let's talk to her. Woohoo! Here we go. Okay. Rachel Jacobs, welcome to our podcast. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> So the first thing I wanted to know, even though we've probably heard this story, I don't remember, how did you get the gig to be in the film? So it was somebody, and I don't remember which website it was. I, I, it was somebody that came on one of the websites that we all became friends on. I don't remember where it was, but somebody had come on asking if there was anybody in the area that could do extra work for a couple of days. Wow. Isn't that so funny? So I responded to the email and they were like right away on the phone. Like, can you come in tomorrow? I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it was from one of the websites. which is super funny. Wow. I did not realize that. That's so cool. I was like, yeah. I think like just a little <laughs> behind on message boards. I was like probably a few months later. I was, <laughs> I was there, but I wouldn't have been able to go anyway. So who cares? <laughs> Yeah, I just moved out to California. It was one of those, you know, like, I'm going to go out to California and do great things after high school. And like, honestly, like landing out there and having like the pretty much the very first thing that I did, you know, do that was pretty awesome. (laughs) Especially as you were already a Drew fan. Like, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like first thing in the like realm of Hollywood is you get it to be in a Drew Barrymore movie. Like, hell yeah. (laughs) Well, in being like the first one, you know, like it was definitely that like magic is happening type atmosphere. So that was really cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah. We want to hear about your scene and your whole experience on the set. So what can you tell us about that? Yeah. So I remember we got there, you know, usually for shoots like that, you do get in super early in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was in really, really early and they put us through like the whole rigmarole of like hair and makeup and wardrobe and You know, they took Polaroids of us because they were like, oh, you're going to be very visible in these scenes. Like, we want to make sure that we have, like, every detail down. Oh, cool. So that was the beginning of that day was, like, you know, and I remember them, like, giving me, like, big, like, 80s hair. Like, they had pushed my hair, like, all over to one side, really big. It was super fun. Like, just, like, you know, having that experience of, like, because I've done some extra work, but it's usually, like, you don't go to hair and makeup and get Polaroids, you know. So that was really fun. And yeah, you know, we filmed that scene, that cafeteria scene the whole day. It was a really, really, really hot day too. I remember it being like sweltering. They kept having to come over and like touch, touch up the makeup and everything. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, as you know, like the scene that took all day to film was cut from the movie. (laughs) I know. It's so brutal. 
Yeah. So I remember like seeing it in the theater and being like, no, wait, it's got to be in here somewhere. <laughs> and waiting through the oh, credits, that's like, so disappointing. No, wait, they're going to show something, right? And then be like, oh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> so fun though. Does it kind of follow with what uh, the description we had where somebody's like writing mustard on Josie's back and people are throwing things at her? Is that accurate? Yeah. So in that scene, um, it started out where we were in like a lunch line, you know, going past the lunch lady and filling up our trays and everything. And we were directly behind Drew in that scene. There was a, a boy that was in front of us that was writing <sighs> on her back in mustard. And then she comes back into the cafeteria and turns around and everybody's like laughing and chanting and throwing things at her. They were like, and they were really throwing stuff at her, like milk cartons and like things like paper towels and like yeah. stuff like that kind of brutal to like you know make fun of somebody all day and throw stuff at them but um you know like in in the scene just like the whole like walking through the cafeteria line and the kid writing on her and like you know the the shots that they took of everything like I'm surprised that it was like down to like a second in the movie but yeah that's what they do (laughs) yeah um do you remember so Drew actually talked in some article about like she actually got hit in the face with a milk carton and like got hit in the eye and it kind of hurt she did do you remember that yes wow so and it was like accidents happen right I mean they were instructing everybody like I wasn't one of the people that was throwing stuff we were just the ones that were like mean girls like chanting yeah Uh, they had a number of kids that they gave like the milk cartons to and I believe she got hit with a crumpled up milk carton so that probably hurt really bad (laughs) but I remember I remember somebody coming out like maybe like a PA or something and like kind of gave everybody like a talk into like that shouldn't happen and like but looking back it's kind of just like well like the scene is throwing stuff like we'll try not to hit her like you know what I mean yeah but I did feel badly because like you know nobody wants to see anybody get injured absolutely um, but yes she did get hit directly in the eye with a milk carton oh god <laughs> that even makes it worse that the scene was cut she went through all that for nothing <laughs> I know <laughs> but you know she's a trooper because like she came right back out like it wasn't like she got hit must have like stung for a minute, but she came right back out and finished the day. So yeah, that's awesome. Is there anything else you want to share about the experience? Like, is there anything else that stands out about like, and how many days were you there? Yeah, so I think it was two days. Mm -hmm. I remember they had planned for everybody to come back on the third day. And they wanted us like they told me and my girlfriend, Audrey, that came with me, um, you know, they took the photos of us, but, um, when they, on the, when the third day came, they were actually doing like the present day, which was like nineties at the time. Yeah. And they were like, oh, well you, they actually said, you guys are so visible in the previous scene that we can't reuse you as extras. So oh, you're just have to be no. oh my God. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we were like, oh, okay. We're like, wow, we're like really like visible in this scene. And then, you know, final cut. And I waited, like, when the DVDs came out, like, hey, you know what? There might be an anniversary version that comes out someday. But oh, definitely. Like for- oh, my God. We would yeah, love that. It exists somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> We've got yes. to get it somewhere. Were you able to, you know, obviously you were a fan of Drew, but you're on a, this, like, professional set. Were you able to, like, meet her or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, there was, like, some casual interaction, just, like, kind of standing around and, like, you know, while they were setting up the scene and like, you know, she was very involved with like the behind the scenes and behind the camera and talking to everybody that was involved. So there was like a little bit of interaction there, 
nothing like super memorable because it was, you know, straight business. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I remember is because it was that like sweltering hot day, she actually called in an ice cream truck so that we could all like <laughs> get like popsicles and stuff because it was just oh. so incredibly <laughs> that was super sweet. I love that so much. And that so tracks. We've heard so many other stories of her bringing fun food on sets for the crew. So I love yeah. that. Yeah. That is yeah. so cool. And that's so cool. You got to see her in like kind of background boss mode too. It's like for her to have been like <laughs> producer mode and actor mode. Like that's pretty rad. Yeah. And you know, seeing her like, you know, working with Nancy and like, everybody was just like, like, like I said, you could tell that like magic was happening. You're like, all right, like this is going to be something. Cause like, they are all super in that creative, like, let's put this together mode. So that was really cool to see. That oh. is so rad. Amazing. Thank you again for sharing your story. And who knows, maybe this is one of those things where we manifest the deleted scene will suddenly show up somewhere because we talked about it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we're putting it out into the universe, right? Yes. Exactly. Back to you. So there's hope. Exactly. Exactly. So thank you so much for joining us. I'm so happy that we get to make this time. Yeah, thank you. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. And like I said, like it was so long ago. It's fun to like go back there in my mind and like remember all the fun that we had. So thank you. Oh, yes. Drewby love forever. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yes. <laughs> Talk to you guys later. Okay, bye. bye. And then when the popular kids hide Josie's car on the football field and yeah. her and Aldis come to go get it, um, it's just a fun little trivia. The marching band behind them is playing the Simpsons theme song. So cool. And yeah, and just by coincidence, Matt Groening and Claudia De La Roca from the Simpsons, they actually asked Drew to work on all of the other reindeer at the Never Been Kissed premiere. So That's so cool. It's like, did they hear the theme song while they were watching the I movie? know, and they're <laughs> like, we should talk to Drew about being on. <laughs> and now like kind of in this first you know i think it's the first day does aldis ask her to join the denominators like yes. ask her how she is at calculus <laughs> yeah. and then as i was watching that scene i remembered and you kind of have to kind of give me a, if you remember a little bit more that someone in our Druby group had a denominator sweater what did you remember about that yeah like from productions it was a legit one oh. um, i just remember a few different people had it like do you remember this guy that whose screen name was Mr. McFisto? Yes. Okay. And I think he had a Drew site. I think he had it first. Okay. Then I recall he gave it to Venus. And then okay. I recall Venus gave it to Missy. Oh. So <laughs> I don't know where it lives currently. I don't remember any of those details. Just that I was like, wait, someone had it. <laughs> yeah. You were right. <laughs> okay, so I thought it was funny the first time the baby G-Watch appears, which is like, I think when they're showing her wear the denominator sweater, I was like, oh God, because there were ads for baby G that were kind of like cross, never been kissed <laughs> baby G ads. Yeah. And I always associate the baby G-Watch with never oh, been kissed. <laughs> fully. The funny thing though is like, she's 
wearing it is her like not actually cool outfit. Yeah. <laughs> so it's sort of funny that they like promoted with the movie. Yeah, I when know. It's, like, <laughs> not but then she, to look she cool. also kind of is wearing it later too. Like she hasn't throughout the film. Oh, I think you're right. In case people don't know what I'm talking about, it's like the brightly colored watch that she's wearing. I believe it's yellow in the first part. And it's part. really big. Yes, it's chunky. And mm-hmm. oh my God, I just remember seeing those in like windows of like Tilly's and, uh, you know, watch stores. They had these colorful watches. <laughs> so, so funny. Good. Such a flashback. Just something I noted. So we get Josie reading her her sad little poem to Billy Prince in the classroom. Um, And for the first time I'd never noticed before, the sweater that she's wearing has like chess pieces on it. Did you catch that? I I didn't, but I saw your note like as I was watching it and and it clued me into it. But I realized like, that's actually a super cute sweater. It was cute. I know. Okay. We're going to take a screenshot of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really cute. It's our colors too. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) I also kind of in that same sequence, right after she reads that poem, um, her friend, who's that actress that was, that plays her friend? That's the Marissa Jarrett Whitaker. So she comes up and tells Josie that Billy's asking her to prom, which as we know is a prank. Mm. But she says, Oh oh, oh my God, I'm actually speechless. I have no words. That's never happened to me. Words are my life. But I just love that because it's like, it's so, it's like, Josie's the same person. She's still the person who like is all about <laughs> words and grammar. And like, that's also like Drew, I feel like, you know, like yeah. she loves dictionaries, loves words, as we always are like talking about her love for specific words. Yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah. I love the part. It's a really kind of quick part, but Josie and Aldiz and Aldiz's sister, I think, are all yeah. in the car together, which I also love the car. It's like a Volvo wagon. That's funny. I would never even have noticed. I'm so not a car person. <laughs> I apparently am. I, but I also is like a car that my parents had. So that's the other okay. reason why I know. But they're like singing along to I forget which song, but it's super cute. <laughs> yeah. So my next note, and this is kind of like where it really starts. Guy is such a jerk. Like he definitely, I don't feel like he gets his comeuppance. Yeah. Like he's always kind of showing like, oh, I'm, a, I'm being a nice guy, guy. Yeah. Um, but like, then he does things like this, where he comes over and calls Aldis Alpo and tells her to like leave and like, go find out how to be cool or something like yeah, that. So rude. And like, I think he was in on the prom prank, which we'll get to. Yeah. And it's like, he never really faces anything. It's just kind of like, oh, he's that wonderful guy who always seems so cool. It's like, wait yeah. a minute. <laughs> like, no, he doesn't seem cool. <laughs> I don't know. He, he Throughout the whole film, I feel like he has like schmarmy vibes. Yeah. Like not as bad as that creepy guy in Ever After, but... <laughs> Definitely not on that level. No, but but, yeah. but something about him has like a schmarmy. I mean, he's fake, right? He's like pretending yes. to be all charismatic, but he's actually deep down a jerk. Yeah, he's a total jerk. And then my next note, I just had to comment on Josie's hair. So she, <laughs> when she's in Gus's office and he's all mad about her getting scooped, uh, her hair is a nightmare in that scene. Yes. <laughs> so... God. It looks like she like tried to texturize it somehow, yeah. but it's it like, like crunchy. It's like, it's like crunchy and flat. Like it yeah. looks, it does look hilarious. I've uh, always noticed the hair in that scene, and so when oh, I saw really? it, oh, yes, I've always noticed how bad oh, that's it was. awesome. 
Yeah, but it also made me realize how well Barbara Olvera did with like, you kind of watch Josie's hair evolve and sort of chill out and get better throughout the movie, kind of yes. like Josie. And then she like naturally kind of finds a way. It feels natural. Yeah. By the end. Like, yeah, it does feel really real the way they go through that evolution. Cause like the big, like when she first goes to school, she's got like <laughs> the <humongous>. bangs. <laughs> yes. The, the bangs are like both up and down. Like yeah, they that in the great 80s. look. <laughs> yes. um, and I just want to say about the scene where Gus is yelling at her. I love that at the very end, she like corrects him about his pluralization. Your job and my job depends on it. Um, by the way, it's depend because there's no S. Your subject is plural. Out! She can't help herself. <laughs> she cannot help it. It's like, it doesn't matter that she's being yelled at. Like, she's not going to be sheepish about like... <laughs> I don't know. I guess she's like, we work in a newspaper, like know your stuff. But it's just really funny because she just like sheepishly corrects him. She'll always stand up for grammar. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. So this is one of the first just like lines in the movie where I'm like, oh, yeah. this is not age well. And I love the character of Rob. Yeah. But uh, Josie goes to like kind of talk to him about her issues. And she shows him the newspaper with the three girls. Yeah. And he says, we've got got some underage hotties on our hands that are just like ew no very cringy don't need that yeah don't need that yep i'd say so we have to point these things out on in 2023 we can't just let these slide we have a responsibility <laughs> exactly yes. um and of course that's where she has the infamous line i'm not josie grossy anymore i'm not josie grossy anymore that's it no scream it and one thing I noticed about that, do you remember when we talked about Mad Love in the scene where she yells, there's like that sound clipping, like she's so <laughs> yeah. loud. It yeah. has that here too. It's got <laughs> that so same funny. like Drew is so loud that she like, quote unquote, broke the monitor like she claims yeah. to have done in E.T. In e. when she screamed. Oh yeah, you know? good point. <laughs> so Drew, you just got that loudness going for you. <laughs> so... I just took note of the way she's lit in the classroom scene. It's where she's wearing the yellow shirt that has the pink, big pink flower oh, on it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's standing up and reading something. Huh. But the way she's lit in it, she's like kind of lit from the back and looks like she's glowing. And you sort <laughs> of are like sensing, of course, at this point that there's something <laughs> kind of going on between teacher and student. Not really, but as, as you'll mention in the deleted scene, it's right before this deleted scene. So she's got like the pink cardigan yellow shirt. Yeah, her cool outfit. Yes. <laughs> she, she yes. Yeah, so there is a deleted scene where she has to come back to the classroom because she forgot something there. The trailer still has the lines. Next impression. You've been hiding something from everyone. No, I haven't. Well, what the thing is that he knows she's hiding is that he looked at her transcripts and he knows she's not from Bali and he thinks she made it up to like sound exotic for college. <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, I mean, there are already enough kind of, I mean, as I'll say later, it does seem that there is an acknowledgement, of course, that this is not cool, you know, <laughs> that this like, what is kind Actually, of- Actually, I shouldn't say that because I'm your teacher. <laughs> yeah, that, but it's also like, he still says it. He's still yeah, yeah. having those, you know, it's like almost like being like, I know we shouldn't do this. <laughs> but- But- and it feels like they kind of trim scenes or cut scenes where they were having a lot of these moments, like to kind of lessen it. So 
good, but still eek. <laughs> Literally, like the plot becomes yeah. interested in the fact that this teacher is interested in a student that he doesn't know is of age, you know, like, <laughs> so it's like- He just literally. senses her maturity. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> like that typical excuse. Oh God. Oh my gosh. All right, let's move on. <laughs> yes. Okay. So- now we're in the club scene, which of course is like classic, amazing, um, where she gets the Delusor stamp on her hand. Yeah. How do you think that's supposed to be pronounced? Delazor? I don't know what that's supposed to be. <laughs> I mean, it's convenient how it works out. But Absolutely. I'm like, is it a real word? Like, what is that? I don't know. She's Delusor, though. <laughs> So she goes and gets that stamp because she's quote unquote underage. Um, and you made a note here that Ozo Motley was added later in the script. It was originally listed as the Jamaican musician, Jimmy Cliff. Yeah, Jolena shared that with us. Okay, that's cool. So that was a cool little thing to find out. Yeah, totally. Like this was in the shooting script. So they must have been added kind of late in the game. Yeah. We have to mention that the Ozo Motley DJ <laughs> goes by Cut Chemist. Well, his real name is Luke, and he is the Luke that Drew had in her phone earlier this year or late last year on the Drew Barrymore show when her and Kate Hudson were trying to call Luke Wilson. It was this guy. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I want to see, like, can you see him in the scene? And you can. So it was pretty fun. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up. That's really funny. I love the dress that she's wearing in that scene. I know Did there's you? like, yeah, I mean, I know there's not a lot to it. It's just a black dress and then it's got these like, okay, I shouldn't say I love it. I just think it's a cute dress. And I think, I think it kind of speaks to your goth phase. <laughs> yeah, but also the the cut of it reminds me of that shirt that she wears in flaunt. Yeah, like the chest area. Yeah, except the one in flaunt's like a lighter color. It's like cream That's or actually white. the flaunt 2001 where she oh, has Oh, okay, that. thank you. Is it, wait, isn't that the same shirt she was wearing when you met her at Riding in Cars with Boys? Um, Pretty sure it is. It might be. I should know that for sure. <laughs> you should definitely know that. Now I got to check. I'm already going to drive. <laughs> okay. do, 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 2001. Yeah. It is the shirt? You know, it's funny is it doesn't look like that dress at all. <laughs> Am I Does thinking it really the not? same thing you are? <laughs> Maybe not. Hold on. Oh, don't you just love our organized files? Oh my God, it's, it's so, so great. Lovely. <laughs> okay, it still kind of reminds me of it, but not as much as I remembered. <laughs> yeah, so it's literally so just that the collar has like three, you yeah. know, like things coming down off yeah. of it. So I just, it just evoked the feeling of that and Good maybe enough. subconsciously I like it because it's the shirt she was wearing when I met her <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I actually really like the one that we're looking at the one from Flint it has like starfish on it too it's really cute yeah it is cute all right anyway <laughs> anyway yeah so of course in this scene she has a pop brownie <laughs> and I love that she's like sitting with what she called them Rastafari yeah an entire table <laughs> And she like lifts up the dreads. Yeah, I will. I do want to mention in the novelization, um, rather than her unknowingly having like a pop brownie or cake or whatever yeah. it is, she like willingly decides to smoke a joint with them. To be oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, interesting probably good they changed that <laughs> i don't think it would really fit it's way funnier that she doesn't realize it exactly you know like <laughs> does she ever find out i don't well, think she does <laughs> i will say that um there is a scene the next day at school where she like makes like a joint oh. smoking 
motion yeah, you're right. to one of the guys. To one of the stoner guys, but still. So I think maybe at that point she realized, That's you know, funny. I don't know. I don't know. Or they were doing <laughs> or they filmed her. that before they changed it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just wanted to point out, she like fully does the splits in the dance scene. And like, I kept like, is that a double? But like at one point she's in the splits and she, and comes she gets out. up. I know her. I was like, jam Drew. But then I was thinking, remember when she uh, did SNL that like workout video she yes. does like lift her leg really well really high yes yeah, so maybe she's <laughs> extremely flexible and she like because we we talked about a choreographer right? right so maybe they like worked on the splits together <laughs> <laughs> definitely doesn't seem like Josie would be good at but <laughs> no it's it's pretty funny I think that scene is like ridiculous in the way that like <laughs> the wedding singer grandma rapping scene is ridiculous yeah. maybe not as ridiculous but you know it's like same same type of humor yeah like definitely like slapstick feeling yeah 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 and then just to kind of like you know they wrap up this scene by having a transition from like her talking on the phone i think with rob at night and then she wakes up with her like face in a pie tin oh my god someone ate my entire pie i don't know how that i've always loved that for some reason and i don't know it's it's so again once again silly like there's a lot of silly stuff in this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. She definitely, like, was in the Adam Sandler vibe still or yes. something. <laughs> yes, totally. All right, now we get to the saddest scene in the whole movie. Oh, God. So she goes to school, and she has loser on her forehead from the stamp, as we know. Yeah. And then she has the, the saddest flashback of them all. Oh, God. Uh. And just before we get into it, like, too much, so she, we're flashing back to right before prom. And she looks, she really does look like herself at like 13, 14. Or maybe even younger. Maybe like 1987, like when she's about 12. I agree with you. Yeah. Definitely a similarity. The braces too, of course, add to it. Yeah. If you guys didn't know, if you don't visit the museum or pay attention to our Instagram, I posted it recently, but um, I do have one of the production news prom dresses from this scene. Uh, and it does have the fake egg on it, which is really fun. I don't know how many dresses they had. <laughs> There's got to be at least a couple. I think so. But have you ever compared like where the egg drips are? Okay. Yeah, it seems to match pretty well. Like the end of that scene, like okay. the initial egg hit, it doesn't quite match. But the, when like, she's like crouching down. Yeah. So okay. I'm sure they probably filmed it multiple times. I mean, of course they did. Right. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Maybe may only be like a couple, you yeah, know, I guess it wouldn't exactly be something Drew would want to have to do over and over. But again. they'd have to be ready, you know, in yeah. case like it hit in the wrong spot or right. whatever it was. But yeah, it's so it's so heartbreaking. The way she cries on that scene, if that doesn't like get you in your heart you're you're a monster no. yeah you're a monster and you don't have a heart apparently yeah it's so sad to kind of get us in the timeline so rob joins the school her brother <laughs> manufactured at the tiki post fake id <laughs> that's right um i think that the coleslaw part like it's really gross yeah i mean i know it's kind of supposed to be but it's like I like how I like how there's kind of this through line though. Like when she goes to the school and goes to the cafeteria the first time, she's like, "What's in your coleslaw?" And it like yeah. they put it up and it just says coleslaw food or whatever it says. Yeah. And then that ends up being like coming back when Rob is the coleslaw king of the world. And I love that it's like, "Oh man, Rob, you're the coolest now." Oh, God, <laughs> you rock! It's such typical. Like that's what teenagers think is cool, <laughs> or at least they did in 1999. <laughs> 
Um, and then we go to the carnival and this is uh, the scene where Tony Crago was in the background. Pulled a screenshot of that in our episode with him, but I'll throw it in here again. Cool. Yeah. It's really, it's really fun to know that. Like we had no idea until oh we my talked gosh. to him. That was such a cool thing to learn. Yeah. So I mean, just amazing. Um, and then I just wanted to note that thanks again to Jolina for sharing some production materials with us. The Ferris wheel scene was the final scene that was filmed. So interesting. Yeah. And that was in Chicago. So they started in LA and finished in Chicago. Um, I do. I've always loved this line. And Drew actually said it on the reunion episode on the Drew Barrymore show. <laughs> Mr. Colson rocks my world. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as we mentioned earlier, this is kind of where the creepy relationship between Josie and Mr. Coulson is acknowledged a bit where he does say, actually, I shouldn't say that because I'm your teacher. After he says, when you're my age, guys, it'd be lined up around the block. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> also just like him riding in the Ferris wheel with her. Yeah, even that is probably like a line you wouldn't cross these days. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of okay because it's like public place and all that. But like a Ferris wheel has like a romantic, you know, yeah. if thing. the buckets are rocking, come, don't na, come na, na, knocking. All right. So now we kind of get where Josie's certainly becoming cool because Rob is spreading positive rumors about her. Uh, So we get this part. I think it's James Franco who says she used to date the drummer in the big bad voodoo daddy. Yep. And the cool thing is, and we mentioned this in our All of the Other Reindeer episode, but supposedly the band didn't know about that line until they were on a plane watching the movie. (laughs) The drummer actually had a big crush on Drew, and he said, the band all turned to look at me because they knew I had a thing for her. (laughs) I was just floored. It's so cool and also so torturous at the same time because it wasn't really true. And then they went on to do a song with Drew um, for all of the other reindeer. So that's kind of so fun. fun. I love it. And if did talk about it on episode 17. Thanks for shouting out the episode number. <laughs> and I just had to take note of this because once again, we got to call Ugh. out stuff that just doesn't seem quite right. So one of the things that um, Rob tells the popular girls is that Josie is the heir to the X-Lax fortune after they've said... <laughs> only water and X-Lax tell prom because they want to be like as skinny as possible. And I was like- Skinny as the skeleton they're looking at. Oh yeah, even worse. So I'm like, is this the message that like X-Lax was okay with regarding what their, you know, product is used for? Yeah, you would think. Yeah, that that didn't age well. Yeah, just a little problematic. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This is a scene that we've always loved and quoted a lot for some reason. For some reason, I don't really know why. (laughs) So I don't even remember what the line is that comes before it. Oh, Rob says, you guys know that girl, Josie. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And then he's like, we used to date. That's Uh right. Right? And then he's like. Yo, do you guys know that girl, Josie Geller? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, loser? Nah, man. (laughs) And she's like running the track and and it's like barely shuffling her feet in (laughs) PE. (laughs) Yeah, this, this line, oh, you mean loser, like. I don't know why it's so good. The delivery is just <laughs> quick. It, you know, it got it. It got it right. I mean, I hope it yeah, was and like it's, first it's take. not one of the normal guys, guys. It's a baseball player who I don't know if even in the movie again. So he nailed it. Good job. 
Um, we get another deleted scene here where Rob was in the cafeteria at lunch and he kind of calls Josie over to sit with him and all the popular kids. And they're actually like, oh yeah, come over here. And she like impresses them with her pronunciation of something French. And they're like, oh, that's because you spend all your summers <laughs> in France on the yacht or whatever. But uh, we have a couple photos from oh, that scene. So they definitely filmed that one too, which is like, I always love when we have evidence yep. of these. <laughs> Yep, totally. And I love that you like made that explicit in our notes. Of course. I'm sure you'll share. Uh, and then the <laughs> incredible scene with Molly Shannon pretending oh to be the sex ed instructor um, is so good. She's just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's something about the way that she like starts that off. Junior, seniors, this is Pam Kitterman. She's going to lead us in our sex discussion. What? Yes. What? Come on. No, I'm not. What? Right, that's correct. Hi, I'm Pam. I'm Pam. Hi. Um, sex. <laughs> well, yes, sex. <laughs> um. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, really good stuff. Uh, there's a scene where she talks about losing her virginity, yeah. I think, at a Guns N' Roses <laughs> concert in the parking lot. And it's just, it, it holds up really well. It's really funny. Molly so Shannon good. is just hilarious. I also love, followed by yeah. one of those slapstick moments, Josie is talking to yeah Tracy the 16 year old yeah that penguins I I don't remember if she says I think she does say what type Adeli the Adeli penguins yes (laughs) right after this she's like trying to put the condom on the banana it snaps and hits Mr. Coulson's face like oh god how humiliating I I do remember there was (laughs) like one of those TV specials that we don't have access to right now where Michael Vartan talked about filming that scene and like wasn't fun. Like being to, like, hit, get in, the hit in the face a couple of times. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I wish I could remember the details. I, <laughs> do you think it's in character for Guy to have proclaimed like Josie will know the theme <laughs> for our prom? Um, He's so weird. <laughs> he's yeah. like, Josie. Josie will have Josie's not a theme I know it's almost (laughs) like he's like testing is she really cool I don't know I don't know why he does it but uh it works but of course she comes (laughs) up with the most amazing um and then we get a little montage of again like Josie's now fitting in with everybody and they use the song heaven tonight by hole and Drew's ex Eric Erlinson is a co-writer on that of course with Courtney Love (laughs) and I'm wondering like oh did she put it in there so he'd get royalties (laughs) I love it I love the idea and that song works really great in that scene yeah I actually used that song on a reel on our podcast uh Instagram for something because it's it really works for Drew yeah (laughs) got that good vibe do we have any idea what mall they're at? Again, I should have gone and checked Lindsay Blake's I am not a stalker.com. Oh. I'm pretty sure she had identified this one too. Okay. We maybe we'll do a follow-up. Yeah, or I'll but... link, I'll do a link to all of her never been kissed locations. Because the part, I mean, obviously a lot of malls have these like crossing escalators, yeah. but I feel like that for some reason would be like recognizable to people and it's probably out there. Okay, I'll have to check. Okay. Um I just made a note that this is like they kind of show everyone crowded in the office at the newspaper, like watching Josie. And I, I just like that because it's sort of like showing that there's this excitement about what's going on with her. But it's just a cute scene. Like people are like snacking yeah. in the office. <laughs> um, and I it's there's a really quick scene where they're looking at records or like music for the prom. 
Yeah. They meaning Mr. Coulson and Drew. They start with CDs and then he's like, but I like records because I'm yes. old. And she's like, me too. <laughs> yeah. I, do they even say anything? No, you can just tell that's what's going on. Yes. And she has a really cute button up, like silky blouse in that scene with a like, really cute yeah, collar. And I know what you're talking about. Yeah. it was. I was like, oh, I don't think I've ever noticed the shirt, but cute little scene. Looks like something you would wear. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Uh, We get the girls at the baseball game. And then of course, uh, guy is totally crunching on Josie being (laughs) such a cheese ball strumming his guitar. (laughs) (laughs) That scene, it like makes me cringe. (laughs) I'm just like, this is so cheesy. Uh Guy is totally crunching on you. Do I want to be crunched by guy? Oh, yeah. Also, did anyone ever say crunched or is that just those girls? I like- think that's just those girls. <laughs> I think that's kind of like Rufus. <laughs> yes. And once again, I know I keep like calling out, I need gifts, but Drew's like when they're doing the victory dance and Drew, and Drew joins them, <laughs> yeah. it's so goofy and great. So like, awkward. <laughs> once again, I need a gift. Yeah. And then we are at the party. Uh, yeah. So you had a note where are the parents, I think they might have explained it in the novelization that and there's a throwaway line earlier when she visits rob at their house about the franklin mint like that was like a weird collectible thing that there were like ads for for like dolls and coins and stuff okay (laughs) i think i'm getting this right maybe we should check let me look up what franklin mint is i'm pretty sure the franklin mint I mean, could it it just be that literally? Yeah, unique gifts and and collectibles. Yeah, it is what I'm. What do they say about it? That they're like part of like a club about it. So (laughs) they're like away at some like Franklin Mint convention or something. Oh God, (laughs) yeah, we really don't need that in the movie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely cringing that uh, (laughs) Rob's prom date and him are like flirting in the kitchen and. you know, it gets called out. Josie's like, she's 16, Rob. Yeah. And then Guy comes and invites her upstairs and she's all like besotted with him. And ah. <laughs> she like starts giggling like a little girl. Yeah. It's like, oh, God. I know. And then I just uh, want to point out that there's more cool photos in Josie's old teenage room. Like, you yes. know, how I said earlier, I love photos for production yep. that were taken like a whole setup that they did. I feel like that never yes. happens anymore. I mean, if it does, like, I'm, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Yeah. But there are a lot of, like, bad instances of it. Like you were saying, like, a photo shoot picture printed or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but they do kind of, like, I feel like there are, like, three more in her teen room. Like, yeah. I feel like I'll make she, some like, screenshots. Yeah. It's it's really, I love that they did that. It's It, it adds to the, uh, you know, not that we're saying this is not. I was going to say. Not that we're thinking this is like a real movie. We obviously know. I just wanted to say that this is the day before prom. And then Drew's wearing this dress that I was like, oh, that's what she's wearing in the teen people pictures that are on yeah. set. So I was like, oh, so we can identify. Yeah, like, it's pretty cool. Thing. And it's probably because most of the cast is in that scene somewhere because they're all getting ready for prom. Good point. Just a guess. But yeah, that's when they were there. Yep. And then there's... One super quick shot that I love. It's right before they show her pink heels walking up the steps for prom. Uh-huh. There's this shot of her face. She's just looking in the mirror and it looks like she's makeupless. Yeah. And then they just cut to the next thing. But it's like a really beautiful, quick, like, oh. I know. And I always noticed in that part that she has two little swans 
facing each other like figurines which is Aww. like the theme in the prom like it shows up a couple Aww. times at the prom too it's kind of fun I didn't notice that <laughs> I noticed that like probably the first time I saw it nice. <laughs> I don't know why so that's probably why and then you always like go back yeah, to it exactly. All right, so we go to prom, prom 99. There was a quick little mention in a 17 magazine with Kim Green where she said that Josie's lipstick there was intentionally chosen to match the dress, which is cool. That's really neat. I like that we have that tidbit. Um, and just regarding the color pink, I'm, I'm, I like that there's a continuity, but I'm almost surprised that Josie would choose to wear <laughs> pink again, despite that like traumatic event of getting egged in her pink outfit and, and like the 80s or whatever yeah and now that you're mentioning that her the very end scene she wears a pink dress again oh yeah really tempting fate (laughs) (laughs) she's like go ahead try to egg me again (laughs) so we get to the prom we see the three girls are barbies for some reason these looks never translate as barbie to me i don't know if it's the head pieces or what but i never look at them and say they look like barbies like just doesn't work they're fun looks but I just don't yeah it doesn't read Barbie to me but also probably not Barbies from like when we were kids true good I point. don't know I don't know because <laughs> I didn't have like Malibu Barbie I don't know yeah she didn't have like a crazy <laughs> head piecing anyway <laughs> yeah um, and then I've always loved when Rob gets announced on the prom court but they don't know his Mr. last Rob. name Mr. Rob yes! Mr. Rob Mr. Rob. <laughs> I just love it. Mr. Rob. <laughs> Me too. I always like that. And they all, they like, they seem a little bit confused. They're like, okay. Oh, Rob. Yeah, we know Rob. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then of course, Josie's announced as prom queen, which is a really lovely scene. But Still also- not sure if it's believable, but yeah, it's okay. It's, <laughs> it's yeah, exactly. Sweet. Where I'm like, do we think that she's risen up that much? Yeah, probably I mean, not. What might be believable about it is that she has- this she has friends that are in kind of like multiple groups like she's got like that's the true friends in the popular group and then she's got these people that i think she's still on a good side of in like the denominator so maybe but either way yeah it's like for her to transcend that quickly to prom queen not quite sure <laughs> yeah um i love the song that is used for their first dance it's a race rewind by the cardigans yeah and it song. gave me this total memory that I used to be friends with someone from the grapevine. Mm-hmm. I think his name was Eric and his screen name was Ecto Coolest. Okay. And he was like really into music. I feel like he really identified as emo before I really, like that was really a phrase or okay. a term. Um, but he like turned me onto the cardigans and sent me a bunch of MP3s. And oh, I was just like, whatever cool. happened to that guy? Like, I don't remember much yeah. else about him, but if he's out there, say, hey. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so cool. That would be. He was listening. It'd be the ecto coolest. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. I like that she (laughs) quotes Shakespeare when she's in doing her speech. I think. Um, No, it's no, it's uh, when they're dancing. Guy asks her what she's thinking about because then she says, "What are you thinking of?" And he's like, "My sword." Oh, that's right. (laughs) 
Um, so I like that Josie quotes Shakespeare because not because I'm like a Shakespeare head, but because it reminded me, it kind of like helped me imagine what it might have been like when Drew was reading poetry on the boat in France with Kim Green. <laughs> like for some reason, I was just like kind of like helped me get there visually. Like I know that Drew as a person likes poetry. Like we know that she loves E.E. E. Cummings, like she loves books and loves poetry. But there aren't a lot of instances where we can like see her reading it, you know, yeah, so it yeah. just, I liked that it kind of put me there. So good. Um, okay, so then we have Sam, Mr. Coulson, totally creeping on Josie at the prom. Like he's looking at her during the dance, like all longingly. And then yeah. she's just like getting punched or something. And he comes up behind her like, oh, you're such a beautiful prom queen. And there's just like another way to look at that. That is so creepy. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And I saw your note, even though I was trying not to look at your notes while I was watching, I was like trying to look at it through that lens and I still can see an innocence to it, but it's easy to translate it to creepy. Definitely. (laughs) Very easy to translate to creepy. (laughs) So this part of the movie is actually where our friend Jason Weisbrod was in, he was there on set for a couple of weeks, which is really cool. And we had a chance to chat with them. So here's our little chat with Jason Weisbrod. All right. Hello, Jason. Thank hi, you for Jason. joining us. Yay. So and Jolita, you can say hi. <laughs> so Jason, can you tell us kind of like how you heard about the gig for Neverman Kiss? Like how you ended up kind of doing what you did and then we'll talk more about what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I was a childhood actor. I started acting and going out for auditions when I was 14 years old. And I did a bunch of commercials and my agent just got me the audition. So I got it through my agent. Uh, I went out originally for the part that James Franco ended up playing. Oh, I didn't oh, know that. That's fascinating. Little yeah. Tidbit. And his name is Jason in that movie. Yeah, yeah. I went out for Jason. And then it, I remember there was like, a, don't don't come a knocking if you're rocking like the the carnival scene or something on a parasail. That was what yeah. I auditioned with. Yep. Yeah. And they oh they liked me a lot. So they gave me once James Franco, I guess, signed on. They were like, oh, so they gave me a side part, uh, a smaller role of the role of peanut butter. Oh, that was the name that was I was a, I was in the costume party dressed up as a jar of peanut butter. And I was there with my date jelly. <laughs> and That's so and I had a little scene where, yeah, there was a little scene where I like flirted with a chocolate bar and my date got mad at me, but they cut it. Um, but actually what happened was I showed up the day of filming and they didn't have a costume for peanut butter. And I was like, well, this is a good start. So I sat around on set for like a whole week without knowing what was going oh on. Oh my gosh. But I was hanging out on a Drew Barrymore movie. Set, so. I was just going to say a week. <laughs> I was on set for two weeks and I did nothing. And was this all at that prom location? <laughs> yeah, I was, I'm in the prom scene. Like you just, but they ended up finally giving me a costume for the big bad wolf and made the girl who got cast as jelly red riding hood. And then they were like, we'll give you guys a line. We'll do something. And then they never ended up doing anything with it. So I'm a glorified extra. Find me in a big bad wolf outfit. I finally did find you like 10 (laughs) minutes ago. I was like every scene looking, looking, looking. And then finally I was like, there he is. (laughs) Yeah, the big like breakdown ending thing where we're all standing watching her. Like I was there 
and I'm the one standing there. You can see me with my big brown furry outfit with my ears and everything. So you got to see the big speech. <laughs> oh yeah, and yeah, and I'm, I remember a lot of like David Arquette goofing around oh, and his yeah. whole, like the risky business outfit, and he was he <laughs> yeah. was uh, definitely uh, a lot of fun on set. Like he was joking with everybody. I just remember him being really cool. Yeah, I remember. I've heard a lot of stories about him like that because I'm such a Scream fan. So he's always supposed to be just like a, a blast on set. That's great. Yeah, to hear. he was really cool. Like he was like he was kind of like when we were all like sitting around not doing anything. He was like entertaining everybody and telling jokes. Oh, and love that. <laughs> being goofy. Yeah, he was, really he, cool. was, he was. He was. He was. That's what one thing I take away from it mostly. I remember oh, David Arquette was really cool. But yeah. <laughs> Do you remember any encounters with Drew? Um, yeah. Well, my cousin and her were, I guess, like friends growing up or something. Oh, wow. Cousin Christina. And so I said I was in the makeup, hair and makeup trailer. And she sat down, came and sat down next to me. And I'm like, oh, you know, I guess, well, this is a good time to mention it. So uh, I was like, hey, my, you know, my cousin Christina. She's like, huh? And I'm like, Christina Bazana. And she goes, Oh, crazy banana bazana! And I'm like, I a nickname for her, and it was definitely crazy in it. Um, I love my cousin Christina, but she's crazy. Uh, she was like friends. My cousin was like friends with Jared Leto and everybody. Like she was in like the big like Jared Leto came over to my house one time and like went swimming in my pool when I was a kid, oh and he God. gave me my Weezer oh my Blue album. That's Jared Leto. That's a cool story. Like, These are my friends. It's a great piece of trivia. Yeah, so a little plug in, <laughs> plug in Jared later. It's a great um, album. Yeah. So yeah, Drew was, uh, she was very friendly. I just remember being like, oh, super friendly and like really nice and like, you know, just super cool. And I think she asked me like, oh, what, what are you playing? And I like mentioned that I didn't have a costume. <laughs> oh, oh, shoot. We'll figure that out or something. Like, yeah, I just remember her being really nice and there was definitely like, she definitely on set was like very friendly and outgoing and definitely didn't seem like a diva at all. That's all I remember her being very nice and sweet, cool, but yeah. That tracks. That. <laughs> yeah, it seems seems to fit her, her brand. <laughs> We'd have to question your uh, your authenticity if you had anything else. Oh yeah, if she was, yeah, yeah. she was terrible. <laughs> Was screaming You're alone at everyone. In that, she, Jason. She cut my part. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I want to know who was responsible for peanut butter and didn't yeah, follow she through. Hated that part. <laughs> she actually loved that part. She just didn't like me. Yeah, right. <laughs> Did you know, Jason, that I have a cast photo? I don't know if Jolene ever showed you a cast and crew photo that you're in. Yeah, I sure oh, you, yeah, I think you sent that to so me. So that was like early on when we were dating. And yeah, you had it. I think you sent it to me on Instagram. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, that must have been during that whole because I think that was the end of the shoot was that whole like. Prom. Yeah, you're in the wolf suit. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. yeah. That. It's so cool because you can just spot yeah. you yeah. immediately. Totally. Because <laughs> you really stand out. It's like a group, like a yeah. big group picture. And then there's this like wolf. Yeah. It's like, OK, <laughs> we, we know that guy. <laughs> Question. I just thought of this. So did they ask everybody to provide school photos for the credits? Is that how that happened? Yeah, that was cool. They still because I, I am cast as a principal. Yeah. And so even though I didn't get to do the line or whatever, I still like get residuals from it to this day. You know, awesome. I'll joke with Jolina. I'm like, oh, look, I got 11 cents from never being kissed. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but still get residuals. So that's cool. And um, so they put all of the principal cast, yeah, high school photos. So they asked me and I sent them. That was my, I think, 11th grade high school photo that I think is in there. Yeah. I love it. So that was cool. Yeah. I love it. It's such a fun touch. Yeah, so cool. Okay, anything else you want to share about that experience? Um, no, it was just interesting because there were so many like people who blew up who were yeah. like, in that movie. And I remember like hanging out with James Franco and I remember like talking to all of them, just like having no idea who they were going to be like later on in life. Yep. Jessica Alba. I remember everybody was like, Oh my God, Jessica Alba is so hot. Like the whole, everybody was just like <laughs> so in love with her there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was really interesting um, to be, to be on that set and see how it was. Of course it didn't go exactly the way I hoped it would. I would have been nice to have had yeah. a line in the movie, but yeah. at least I'm still there and my high school picture is there. And I got, you know, I got paid for you got your 11 cents very more movie set for two weeks. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was obsessed with John C. Riley at the time. And I was so pissed that he wasn't oh, in the part. Oh, yeah. yeah. Was like, was in the movie. And then I was so, I thought I'd see him and I was like, ah, oh, I never got to see John C. Riley. I just remember being upset that oh. I never got to see him. <laughs> I thought that was, but it was cool. Like, yeah, like I said, David Arquette and Drew were both really, really, they were very cool and down to earth. Um, I, so I take that away from it. Yeah. And it sounds yeah. like two weeks on like a big film set was probably pretty cool. Even if you were like, where's my costume? <laughs> where's my peanut butter? It was, it was definitely the first, my first big film set that oh, I cool. was on. Yeah. Um, so it was a cool kind of introduction to Hollywood and making movies on a stage. Forgot where we shot. I think it was like Paramount or something. We were at a sound stage. We were filming at a sound stage for the whole thing. Like that high school and everything was all in a warehouse. It was in a sound stage. Cool. So it wasn't at a school. They actually that was all in a sound stage. So we were all out in trailers at some studio. It was like either Sony or Paramount or I think it might have been Paramount. And they built like the gymnasium, that whole like, you know, high school gymnasium thing for the movie and at a soundstage. So it's not a lot of it. I know they shot at a school, but then I think for that ending, they built that set um, probably because they didn't the hours at a school. Yeah. Yeah. Two weeks is a long time. Yeah. Two weeks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that was all. Yeah. It was, it was being at a actual, you know, movie studio, hanging out in trailers and doing that whole thing. And so it was, it was a good experience. That's super Aww. cool. So cool. So before we let you go, I just wanted to give you a chance to talk about what you're up to these days and plug anything that you'd like. Oh, sure. If anybody is out there listening, um, I teach acting classes and film classes for autistic and neurodivergent youth um, with a company called Spectrum Laboratory that I co-founded. We're a nonprofit organization. Uh, our website is speclabs.org. And uh, yeah, if uh, if anybody's listening out there and they have someone who's on the spectrum or disabled or neurodiverse that is interested in acting and filmmaking, hit us up, speclabs.org. Yeah. Woohoo! Thank Woo-hoo. you. Such a great thing. That's so amazing, Jason. I'm so like honored to know somebody who's doing that kind of important work. Totally. Like, it's Aww. so cool. inspiring. Yeah. yeah. Um, and thank you so much for joining us. This has been really fun. All right. Thanks for having me. <laughs> that was fun. 
And you can see Jason in the background here when Guy asks Aldis to dance because um, he's wearing this huge wolf costume and the ears are really big. That was sort of what made me find him. But we'll share a photo of that a screen cap so that you guys know where he is. Thank you again, Jason, for chatting with us. So cool. So now kind of back to the scene. I love... I love Drew's concerned face when she sees what's about to happen to Aldis. I know. Like, of course, it's it's Drew's sweet face. <laughs> Why would I not love it? Right. But yeah, she plays that really well. Mm-hmm. So she she saves Aldis from getting dog food on her and, you know, decides to have this big speech where she tells everybody what's been going on for real. She's 25, undercover I'm a reporter. reporter. For the Chicago Sun-Times, and I have been beating my brains out trying to impress you people all of you people there is a a big world out there bigger than prom bigger than high school and it won't matter if you were the prom queen or the the quarterback of the football team or the biggest nerd in school find out who you are and Try not to be afraid of it. For some reason, the speech here always reminds me of Olive's big speech at the bar and all of the other reindeer. I don't know why they're not really the same. Maybe because they came out the same year. I just like went like, oh, there she goes again. I I think I could kind of see it though, because she's kind of like she's kind of like scolding everybody. (laughs) Yeah, but it's also like just something about her like standing up and being like, let me tell you what. I don't know. (laughs) I'm trying to be inspirational. (laughs) <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And then this, on this rewatch, I noticed, so Sam and her talk outside and he says, oh, it's okay for me to be attracted to you. Anyway. Um, yeah. And then he starts walking away and she like calls his name and tries to stop him and she's crying. And I was like, oh, this is a total mirror to the ball scene and ever after where mm-hmm. he's the prince starts walking away and she says, Henry, and she's crying. I thought that's that right. Cool. And um, I made a note in response to that. Yeah, she's a huge liar in both Ever After and Never Been Kissed. Totally like in disguise both times. That's yeah, so funny. Yeah, it's really funny. And then I just made a note because I like the scene that follows this where Josie like goes back to work and is kind of like being scolded because I think another paper, I don't know if it's in the yeah. Chicago Sun-Times. Okay, another paper wrote about this kind of blow up that like that a reporter had been in disguise and basically her cover's blown. Yeah. And then I like that she's like, but we will have a story, okay? You will have an amazing story. Yeah. I think she like started getting the idea here and she's like, we got this, we got this. So then we get our confident Josie walking into (laughs) the high school in this like really nice suit and her hair is like all smoothed out. And I was like, this is probably the best Josie ever looks in the whole movie. But I love how she like comes into the locker room and she's just like, I'm doing business. (laughs) Yep. And then we get into the voiceover of the article, even though it's probably not what she intended to write. You know, it's not really what Gary Marshall's character asked for necessarily, but he ends up loving it. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge hit. It's a huge hit. Um, I also, for some reason, it seems like kind of unrealistic, but I kind of like how when she's writing the story, like in her living room, all around her is like memorabilia from her experience. Yeah, like, what kind of stuff did you notice? Oh, there's tons. So there's like her weird citrus bag. There's a denominator sweatshirt. <laughs> there's her prom dress and maybe like two other things as well. Yeah, I'll put a screenshot. <laughs> 
there's lots of fun little things in this movie that are worth like taking note of. And Ashley has the egg dress. I have the a newspaper prop. Um, but there were thousands of these, I assume. <laughs> yeah. I think I paid like $75 for it on eBay because I'd never seen it before and was so excited. I'm it's very awesome. grateful to have it. It's it's really cool. It's only so I think in the movie they show that like it's, you know, in the middle of the newspaper, but I just have just the pages that are related to the film. Um and I wish I'm sure we have pictures on our website of it. I don't we know do. if they show the inside, but it's just got like fake articles. Okay. <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. It makes sense. Um and there is that little on the front page, right under Josie's story, there's a headline about the Female Health Foundation, which is mm-hmm. a, an organization Drew was working with a lot at the time. So that that's just mm-hmm. a cool little Easter egg. I love that. Um, I, for some reason, always love, speaking of Gary Marshall, <laughs> when they show him like at the baseball field showing up for Josie's, you know, maybe getting her first real kiss. He's like... <laughs> Weenus! I've always loved that line. I think that's another one that we both just really like together or have inside joke about. And I sent you that weird in the novelization. There's this weird part where he finds like a bolt in one of the hot dogs. And it's like, this is our next undercover story. Like, What? I'm glad they cut that. I just want to mention, so I was originally going to watch this with Mila, but she wasn't available. And I was kind of like, uh, how do I approach all these kind of inappropriate things anyway? <laughs> um, but she like came in at the very end and she saw like guy being all guy like, and she goes, who's that? Does she like him? Isn't that like kind of illegal? <laughs> so she knew. And then later on again, she said something like, what's the word for that minor? I was like, yep, you're right. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I was surprised she knew that. But I was relieved that she immediately picked up on like, uh, what? <laughs> That's not okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, but all that aside, all yep. of our, all of our uh, problematic things, um, I still get such emotional chills at the end when Sam shows up at the yep. baseball field. <laughs> yep. It's, it's so really good. sweet. Even though we're talking about like how it was creepy at this point, it's not creepy anymore. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, it is very sweet. Um, she looks so pretty in all the close-ups, like every close-up that they have in that scene where she's like waiting and worried, she's excited. And like, is he going to show up? It's just like all really like beautiful shots of her face. Yeah. She does it so well. Yeah. And she'd said once that she loved the way that Michael Vartan held her face in that scene, that that was like the mm-hmm. most romantic thing. <laughs> Cause she's a little girl. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Right. Oy. <laughs> <laughs> I also just had to note a couple things that link to other films. Yeah. So they use the Beach Boys, Don't Worry Baby, right before and during the kiss. And in 51st States, they use the Beach Boys, Wouldn't It Be Nice? And little Drew was in a Beach Boys music video in the 80s. Yeah. So I was like, that's kind of and fun. And we mentioned in our music video episode sort of how she um, worked with Brian Wilson to do this sort of like remastered version of Don't Worry Baby for the Never Been Kissed soundtrack. That's right. I forgot about yeah. that. But I'm so glad that we brought this up. And then I just <laughs> wanted to mention that she makes out in a baseball field in another film, <laughs> Fever Pitch. How random. <laughs> what are the odds? I wouldn't think of her as being like in a lot of sports films, but she happens to make out on two baseball fields. <laughs> so good. And then that's the movie. We get our credits. And the fun thing about these credits, which I just love this touch, is that 
they had the cast and crew submit to production their own personal school photos, which is so Mm -hmm. cool. Um, Drew's first one, which they show during her executive producer credit, is not a school photo. It's one of those weird ones of her dressed like a queen from 1982. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why they chose that. It's funny. But then when they do her cast credit, we get an actual school photo um, and it's her sixth grade photo from 1986. So it's probably like one of her like only like regular school photos. Yeah, I don't think that she had a lot. And this was probably one of the last actually now that I think of it, but uh, we can include screenshots of those. Yep. And then funnily enough, our friend Jason Weisbrod is credited in the film as the big bad wolf and his high school. I think he told us it was his junior photo. We yes. might have it in the little interview, but it's all, it also appears in the credits, which, which is, is really, really fun. fun. I know. I like caught yeah. it. I was like, is that Jason? And I like took a screenshot and sent it to Jolena. <laughs> and I was like, I'm, I'm not sure. And of course, Jolena was able to confirm. It was. All right. So let's get on to sort of the release of the movie and its legacy. So um, there was a lot of promotion done for this. It was a big deal. So Drew was on so many magazine covers. This was like back in the heyday of magazines. We don't get this at all anymore, but she was on In Style, TV Guide, Parade, Marie Claire, Teen People, Flaunt. We got a ton. And then she made appearances on talk shows like the Rosie O'Donnell show. And of course, David Letterman. And she was also on Craig Kilborn, which is one of my favorite appearances that doesn't get talked about a lot. Yeah. And she hosted SNL. We have an entire episode about that. It's our number 23. It's one of our most popular and fun episodes in my opinion. So if you haven't heard that, go listen to that for sure. And then she also went to Japan for 20th Century Fox to promote Ever After and Never Been Kissed simultaneously. So there was a lot going on. And I didn't realize that, even though I I know these like Japanese travel pictures from that time because I love them. Love. They're so cool. But I didn't realize she was promoting both of those movies. If I knew, I completely Yeah. Forgot. The only reason I know is because there's like poster art for both of them behind her. So that's, <laughs> oh yeah. See, I'm like, just, I just totally blanked on that apparently. Um, my memory can suck sometimes as you probably know yeah, if you listen to many you episodes. You know what? Every once in a while you pull out something that I totally <laughs> forgot about. So don't. True. Don't totally, selective. Yeah. <laughs> selective, but not selected by me. It's just random. <laughs> And I know we keep plugging previous episodes, but it kind of shows how much we've covered. So we covered the Candy in the Sun music video by Swirl360 that is kind of like part of this Never Been Kissed release and promotion because it has a bunch of people dressed like Josie and then (laughs) Drew appears in the music video. So listen to episode 25 if you want to hear more about that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So the movie actually was released on April 9th, 1999. And mm-hmm. I went and pulled my uh, daily journal from the 1999. <laughs> and here's my really in-depth and really uh, smart review. Okay. I went and saw the movie on April 10th. So I don't know why I was a day late, but okay. And I quote, it was so cute. And Drew was awesome. <laughs> there you go. That's what I'm, I thought of I'm movie. overwhelmed, Ashley. <laughs> I'm overwhelmed. I mean, I probably have a journal somewhere that mentions it far in storage, but I'm sure I saw it close to its release and loved it. I wish I had such a raving review. <laughs> I, I wish I'd written a little more in depth, but what, that's what we get. <laughs> I mean, it's great. I love it. I love that you have anything. Um, was it? Wasn't your uh, like preview? I forget which other movie you had a line about, and it was also like really brief. Yeah, the wedding singer. It was like Drew. Drew is the raddest chick ever, or something. Oh, that's like right. That. <laughs> 
That's right. I had you pull this out, but I was curious about like how the critics felt about it. And then you made these notes about the box office. So the box office, um, it made 84.6 million. And that means it, it was a success because the production budget was only 25 million. Yeah, so go flower films. <laughs> pretty good. And I just wanted to pull out what Roger Ebert said because he had said such beautiful things about her ever after performance. Okay. The late Roger Ebert, he was the Chicago Sun Times film critic, yeah. oddly enough. So I'm just going to, I just pulled a couple quotes that I thought were lovely about Drew's performance. First one is the movie screenplay is contrived and not blindingly original, but Barrymore illuminates it with sunniness and creates a lovable character i think this is what's known as star power heck yeah also we love a comment about drew being illuminated or glowing or a light (laughs) (laughs) yes because it's so common that people describe her that way so then uh the next quote never been kissed is not deep or sophisticated but it's funny and big-hearted and it wins us over the credit goes to barrymore In this movie and ever after, she merges as a real star, an actor whose personality and charisma are the real subject of the story, which is so sweet. And then the last quote, (laughs) it says the end was contrived. So they keep, he's kind of saying like, it's not a great film. But then he says, but you know what? Because the weight involved Barrymore, I actually cared. Yes, I did. (laughs) That's so sweet. Yeah, I kind of looked at um, Rotten Tomatoes and it has a 55% people know what that means like I kind of get it but basically like not a great grade Um, yep there's definitely some people who had good things to say about it but for the most part people seem kind of like meh about it I see one here that's similar to Roger Ebert so it says Drew Barrymore's virtuoso performance smooths over the plot holes yeah I mean (laughs) her she is the best part of it but you know for all of its like problematic things and for like the cringy scenes and the cheesy slapstick stuff like it still does have such like good heart and mm-hmm. yeah it it holds up but there are things that we need to look at through today's lens and be yeah. like oh no <laughs> yeah exactly so we're here to point those <laughs> yeah. things out and also celebrate drew as usual yeah um she did win a blockbuster award and a comedy star of the year award at show west the next year for this movie, which is cool. Um, Very cool. I at first thought she won a bunch of other awards, but that was for Forever After. So she was kind of on okay. a roll, basically getting all kinds of awards back in this time yep. period. Which is this fun. was during one of her re- renaissances. Absolutely, yeah. Because this <laughs> yeah. is like in between Wedding Singer, Ever After, and then the other side is Charlie's Angels. So this is like yep. huge, successful Drew time. Absolutely. There was a fun reunion on the Drew Barrymore Shore in season two with Molly Shannon, David Arquette, and Michael Vartan. And that was in the fall of 2021, which was really fun. David wore a Tiki Post outfit. I love that so much. And he, like, when he comes out, he, I can't tell if he's joking or not, but he's like, seems embarrassed and said he thought everyone was going to dress up, but it like seems legit. <laughs> Maybe he just really got me with his acting. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of, he's just, he's also kind of a quirky guy. Yes. So I could see him like either way. I yep. could see either way working. So on this reunion, Michael shares in so many words that he got excited during the kissing scene because Drew is such a great kisser <laughs> and he had to yell cut and tell everybody that he'd hurt his back so he could go get settled. Oh my God. I know I was like, dude, it's already creepy enough. Don't throw that but, in there too. <laughs> but I can say like, I feel like the way that Drew kisses her co-stars. Yeah. 
Like it's like an intimate kiss. Well, that's kind of what he says is she like really like went for it. And he was yeah. like, whoa. <laughs> she, okay. To be fair, Drew was laughing and thought it was hilarious. So Okay, that's, that's all good. that matters. She wasn't yeah, like, and I'm security. <laughs> I'm, sure, yeah, I'm sure they cleared ahead of time that it was okay yeah, to mention I'm that sure he had a boner right. on set. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just call it what it is. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and then also we want to mention that Drew has reprised the role of Josie Grossi, always in the, of course, <laughs> pink, uh, shiny prom dress. She's done it three times on the Drew Barrymore show. And then, of course, as we mentioned in our last episode, she just did it for the MTV Movie and TV Awards for a little segment on there. So, And it's so fun. She is still Josie Grossi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Um, I think it's really cool that I like that these things that like we have such a place in our heart for like that that can be used in something now on her huge TV show on the MTV awards and like that dress, you know, like, like the MTV awards, like that makes it recognizable. And you have one of them. I know like, it's it is really, wild. It's really special. I also like <laughs> kind of thought how much does this like translate to the kids of today who are watching yeah. MTV like do they know yeah. who Josie Grossi is I guess so right I mean probably not but <laughs> I mean if, if they wanted to google like I don't know Drew Barrymore Josie Grossi I don't know it's it is really interesting like what is the audience that that specific reference is for yeah you know yeah it's got to be our age group yeah I was gonna say it's probably the parents of the kids who are watching which <laughs> is really weird <laughs> You know, like you could ask your team. Whatever. You know? In my mind, I'm still 17. I'm 17. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah. All right. Is that it? Did we cover ever? I'm, did we cover ever after? Yeah, we did that a few episodes ago. <laughs> oh my God. Did we cover Never Been Kissed? Yes. I think yes. we got it all. Hopefully. I think we'll so have a too. follow up somewhere, I'm sure. Thank you, everybody, for listening for this long episode. We hope you like it. We hope you're not like, you know, sad that we kind of had to point out the negative aspects of this movie. <laughs> we all have nostalgia for it. We get it. But uh, we would yeah. be remiss to not say how creepy it is about this <laughs> teacher-student relationship. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, thank you all for listening. If you liked what we did here, go leave us a rating or a review, please. We haven't yeah. gotten a review on Apple Podcasts in forever. I keep mentioning it, but you will mm-hmm. get a special shout out from us if you leave one. Yep. Then go follow us on Instagram. We have at how do you drew pod for the pod and then at Drew Zam for all kinds of other Drew content. Yes. And don't forget to visit our website at how do you drew.com hosted on our OG, the Drew Zam and send listener mail, please to how do you drew pod at gmail.com. I haven't done a call out in a while this time. I want to know, were you around in 1999? Were you a fan? Tell us about it. Yeah. Tell us about tell us about um how you feel that never been kissed has aged. Oh, that would be fun. <laughs> curious. And also, thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you all next Tuesday. All right, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Going on a field trip. Just like school. This episode of the How Do You Drew podcast was researched and produced by Ashley and Anne from thedrewzm.com with help from our sponsor, Positive Medium.
Special thanks to Matt Costa for our lovely theme song, Roxy Prima for our adorable logo, and last but not least, Drew Barrymore and all the Drewbies who love her. We do this for you. Thank Thank you. you.